Hi there, welcome back to Vernon First Baptist Church, our podcast, as we are going through the book of Hebrews together. My name is Randy Ham. I'm one of the pastors here, and this week we're going to be taking a look at the rest of Hebrews 3, where our author tells us not to harden our hearts. So we're going to take a look at what having a hard heart means, how to deal with that, and just what we can be aware of when it comes to hard hearts, especially in this day and age, what Jesus really wants for us. So I invite you to come on in and take a look at how to keep a soft heart and not to have a go heart. Enter into the book of Hebrews with us once again, as we remember it's all about Jesus. So, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as you did in the rebellion, during the time of testing in the wilderness, where your ancestors tested and tried me. Though for forty years they saw what I did, that is why I was angry with that generation. I said, Their hearts are always going astray, and they have not known my ways. So I declared an oath in my anger. They shall never enter my rest. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it is called today, so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. We have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as has just been said. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter because of their unbelief. The The word word of of the the Lord. Lord. Thanks be to God. How many of you have heard of cardiosclerosis? Any hands? What about what about arteriosclerosis? Yeah, there's a few more hands, I think, right? Arteriosclerosis is known as the hardening of the arteries. Now I'm coming down. I'm sorry, I just up on just getting this working, and I'm coming down. Now this is what scleros sclerosis means: to harden, to become inflexible, literally, to be dried out, or obstinately stubborn. Now, we did have men's breakfast yesterday. Ladies had their breakfast too, but I think maybe after 
our men's breakfast, our, our arteries might have been a little more hardened. But uh, that, that's not really what that's getting on about. It's getting on about a figurative hardening, isn't it? A hardening that happens in our hearts. Now, if there is a year where we could talk about hearts becoming hardened, this is the year, 2021. Surprisingly beats out 2020 even, I think, as far as hearts getting obstinately stubborn, inflexible, and dried out. But as we continue to dive into Hebrews, into our passage, it overall reminds us that it's all about... It's all about Jesus, right. We come to our second warning. Our second warning so far. Remember, there, I think there's, there's a bunch of them, and we'll get through all of them. But our second one is, do not harden your heart. We could say it the positive way. Stay soft-hearted. Boy, do we need this. Boy, do we need this. Let's pray, and then we'll dive into what this passage has for us today. Lord, we offer ourselves to you once again, and Lord, I ask that you would speak through my words, your living word, as we come to your word today. Open our hearts to receive, that they might be soft, and that we might listen to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, we see today that implied in this, don't harden our hearts, is responsibility. The author was speaking to the people saying, you, you can do something about this, but we'll also see what this hardening does to us, and is there an antidote? Can we soften our hearts to this hardening disease? And I believe there is, so let's see. All right, number one, we can, we can harden our hearts. Did you know that? How do we do this? Is it merely by eating bacon? No, it's not. It's not. Well, yes, it is, but that's another one. We're talking our spiritual hearts here. Our hearts harden by wanting the easy way. And this, of course, is why there's maybe a few more Canucks fans after two wins than there are after three or four losses. You know, when it's easy, boy, that's easy. When times get hard, and of course, we often think we know the best way, don't we? We know the best way. Well, our passage here today says, Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the wilderness. Do you ever think you know which is the right way to go? You've got it figured out, only to be proven wrong fairly quickly. And I could maybe ask some of your family members or friends or your spouse to find out if you've experienced that, probably. We can be pretty good at thinking, boy, we know the easy way. We can figure this out. And uh, we could sometimes let God know. Hey, God, we can tell you. We know which way to go. That's what was happening here in the desert with the Hebrews. Thankfully, God is not only omnipotent, that's all-powerful, but also omniscient, all-knowing, and can see the longer journey, even through the valley of the shadow of death, even through the struggles that we go through, 
even if it's through the wilderness. God knows the best way for us, even if it includes testing. Now, circumstances uh, or how others treat us can cause our light within us to go out, can't it? We, we learned about this at uh, school one time and thought, well, this is great. We want to teach our kids about this, that, you know, people, how people talk to you, how people treat you, it could turn your light off inside. And we tell our kids, kids, don't give them that power. Don't let that light go off inside. You can turn the light back on. You have the power. You can turn that on. Why give others that power? Now, when someone, when someone comes along and does that, they frustrate what we want, they speak down to us, a struggle comes our way, it gets in the way of our desires, of that easy way. And our response can be to harden our heart towards them, can't it? Even with God, and things go dark, and our heart grows hard. Or we can look to the light, love, and the life of Christ, even if it's not the easy way. Now, our, our hearts can also harden by giving in to doubt. Now, let me explain what I mean by that. Our passage is quoting Psalm 95, which we read earlier. Beautiful psalm of raising praise to God. And the people of God in the time of Moses had just experienced the exodus. They had been saved from slavery. And so the psalm begins with, Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us come before him with thanksgiving, for the Lord is the great God. Come, let us bow down in worship. And we are the people of his pasture the flock under his care. Maybe that song starts playing in your mind, in your heart. But then the psalm takes a dramatic turn. And that's where our author picks it up. It turns and it says, Today, if only you would hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the wilderness. See, this was happening back in the time of the psalmist. And now, again, even after Christ had come, it's happening again. And our author is saying, be careful. So if it's during the early church time, it is applicable to us as well. You see, while Moses was up on the mountain with God, they immediately, they immediately doubted. They started to doubt, didn't they? Now, I don't think that was their sin, let me get this, let me get this in, into your minds, the way that they missed the mark. Sin is missing the mark. They doubted, but then they decided to turn to an idol, right? making themselves a golden calf to worship, trading the truth of the unseen, almighty God, for a tangible, seen, but powerless idol that brought them a sense of psychological peace as they looked at it. And then throughout their wandering in the desert, time and time again, as God said, trust me, trust me for this way, they turned from God. They demanded this. They demanded that. They wanted that easy way. And then they began to doubt God and then acted on that doubt. 
There is the trouble. They doubted Yahweh. I don't really see a problem with that. That's natural. We wonder, we, God, where are you? God knows we're already feeling that. Jesus understands. Even he on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Doubt is not the issue. It's when their hearts harden. Once they give up on Yahweh and turn to something else, something that's tangible, that's when they break their covenant relationship with God. That's where their hearts harden, the giving up on God, not listening, no longer listening for the voice of God. So we see in verse 12, see to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. The people walked with God, were saved by God, saw the work of God, yet they were missing out on what God had for them because they weren't listening responsively with soft hearts. In verse 12, the, the word for sinful here is evil. The word they use for evil. It depends what your translation might say one and might say the other. It's the same root for toilsome. It's the same root they use for toilsome. Full of labors, annoyances, hardships. Is your heart ever like this? Yeah, I know mine. Mine is. It gets like that, full of hardships, annoyances. It's toilsome, and you can just hear what happens as it hardens, as the light goes out. What do we do with that? We can let it fester, ferment, until we are run by those frustrations, anxieties, and the doubts. Or, or, or I believe there is another option. As the Psalms say, we can cast your cares on the Lord, and he will sustain you. Yeah. Cast your burdens is another translation. I love it. It doesn't say that he's going to take all your cares away, that your doubts will just vanish, that your frustrations disappear. Oh, Wouldn't that be nice? We have a day to look forward to that. Once in eternity. But it does say he will sustain you through it. You don't need to give up. You can doubt, that's fine. But don't give up on God. Even Peter. You know I love to talk about Peter because I relate to him, you know? Hot-headed, anxious, Wants to please Jesus. Oh, oh, and then, whoa, ah, doubting, frustrated at times, angry. That's Peter. Even he started to let this sink in. And he writes, Cast all your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. He knows this. He knows this. So doubt, frustration, anxiety, they're not bad in and of themselves. It's what we do with them. It's what we do with them. Hardening one's heart is different than just getting discouraged. And discouragement actually can come from a soft heart. And doctors will tell you a soft heart 
is a much healthier heart than a hard heart, literally and figuratively. And if we don't turn, come to Christ and turn that light back on, say, help us, our heart hardens in the darkness when the light's turned off. As a denomination, all across Western Canada, our leadership right now, pastors, council members, board members, some of ours, is going through a series of webinars with Dr. Betty Priest called Transforming, that's a T on the end there, <laughs> Transforming Polarized Conversations. Isn't that timely? And this last week, she taught us about the moment between when we experience something, when something comes to us, when someone wants to turn our light off, someone does, says something to us, does something, the moment between that and how we respond to that. That moment is an opportunity for us to pause, not just to react as the rhino or the hedgehog, but to recognize how we are feeling about it. To be honest, whoa, that really gets me. Or, whoa, that makes me feel. And then process those feelings with Jesus and decide on how we would like to respond. Easier said than done, right? Yes, yes it is. Betty's point is that we do not have to be run by our initial reactions. We can take those to Jesus, learn more and more how would you like me to respond, Jesus? How would you respond? By your presence in me, help me to be like you. And with that soft heart, listening to God to speak into each situation. Now, it's dangerous having a soft heart, though, isn't it? I think that's one reason why we get hard hearts. We've been hurt. Having a soft heart is being vulnerable, both to God and to others. But aren't those the greatest commandments? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and to love your neighbor as yourself denotes a soft heart, ready to act out of love. C.S. Lewis, I love this quote of his. Any C.S. Lewis fans out there? Yeah, I love this one. There he is, Jack, as he's known to his friends. To love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything, and your heart will be wrong and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one. Not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. And void all entanglements. Lock it up safe in a casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It will not be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, irredeemable. To love is to be vulnerable. So what's the result of a hard heart? Well, number one, I think we're not receptive to or hearing from God. When we doubt that God has power in a situation in our lives, in your own heart, even if it means trusting for the long haul, then we are doubting the living God. When we turn to something else to fulfill us, that's where we sin. We don't listen to him anymore. We won't be listening to God at that point. Even though God is ready 
listening to us. We can let God have it all. All our truth, what we're feeling, the anger, frustration, doubt, it's no surprise to him. And maybe if we pour it all out, then Jesus will have a chance to speak back to us, recognizing that God does have our best interest in mind. If we don't listen and soften our hearts, as Hebrews is telling us, then we're going to miss out. Our hearts become that toilsome, burdensome, anxious. And in that, we are missing God's mark. That's the definition of sin. And what is God's mark for us? Well, there's a, there's a hint here. Because out of their disobedience, their active hardening of their hearts, not trusting God, not being willing to listen to God, a whole generation of those wandering in the wilderness did not get to enter into the promised land. The scripture tells us that they do not get to enter into God's rest. God's rest. Doesn't that sound good? Isn't that what our hearts need? The rest of God? For a hard heart can't rest. Now, our good friend Grace is going to be talking and unpacking the rest of God. Now, don't get that wrong, Grace. I'm not saying the rest of God, but the rest of God. Much more next week as she goes further into it. But let me just say, if we harden our hearts, we won't know God's rest. We need to have a soft heart before God if we're going to experience his rest. Otherwise, our hearts just keep churning and festering. Now, thankful, thankfully, as I said, Hebrews tells us a couple of, of uh, great ideas about how to soften our hearts. How to soften our hearts. Number one, that we need the encouragement of others. We see that right in our passage. So let's encourage each other. Let's encourage each other, as Hebrews says, daily. And three times it says, today, today, today. Let's not put this off. Oh, tomorrow. I'll figure this out tomorrow. All right, now I just want to sit with this. All right? No, today. And if you need encouragement, maybe the best thing for you to do is to reach out to someone else and encourage them. To say, hey, how have you been doing? You need someone to pour out what you're seeing on TV or what you're going through or how are things. Go ahead. Pour it out. Let me pour it out. And let's encourage each other to get through that to what God really has for us. Sometimes that can be a long journey. I want to encourage you once again maybe to think of two or three people that could use some encouragement. Maybe it looks like their hearts are hardening a little. And by connecting with them, you might be an encouragement to them, they could be an encouragement to you. Now, what could you say? Well, number one, I'd say listen mainly. I think that's what we need. Sometimes we don't need a lot of advice where we could listen. But we could also say this, because this is what our passage says. Hang on to what you had at the beginning until the end. If we look at verse 14, it says, We have come to share in Christ if indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end. I love the Holman version. It says this, For we have become companions, partakers. It's that same word we looked at before, metachoi, experiencers of. We have become 
experiencers of the Messiah. That's the Christ. That's Jesus. If we hold firmly until the end, teleos, another word we've looked at recently. If we hold firmly until the completion, until the maturity, the reality, hypostasis, same word as nature that we heard before, if we hold on to that nature till the start. So, to clarify, you have already enter, entered into all that Jesus has for you if you hold on to the end, what you had experienced at the start. There, is that clear? Well, it sort of sounds to me a little bit like some type of dystopian time-bending metaphysics, you know? <laughs> the main point is this. Simply saying, do you remember how soft your heart was when you first got to know Jesus? Yeah, I see some smiles. Oh, now yes, perhaps it was a little bit naive and has had to endure some testing and your faith has had to grow. Yet what you would experience, that connection with Jesus, trusting, entering into the freedom, the life that he gave you, that is real. And you can hold on to that, trusting that to keep your heart soft. And does your heart have a tendency to harden? Yes, I think all of ours do. Let me offer the only solution I know, CLR. Hey, that hardens. I mean, that softens hardened things. And you see a little, a little change on this one. Christ's love renews. That's a different CLR. I don't think you can buy this one. I'd like to see you try. My pastor said I need some CLR. <laughs> we can love with a softened heart because Jesus loves us first. His love softens our hearts. Now, if you have not come, as our passage says, come to share in Christ, let me encourage you today to give him a taste. Look into this Jesus and see if he is so different, perhaps, than what you've thought. Now, he will challenge you, as he challenged all of us, walking through the valleys, walking through the wilderness, teaching us how to die to ourselves, the ways that we end up hardening our hearts with. But he challenges us only so that we might truly live. This is a time in our world when our hearts can harden just like that against each other, against family, against our country, our leaders, other nations, cultures, drivers of other cars in particular, sports teams, anything can just harden our hearts. There is so much in our world that seeks to turn off our lights. But you need to turn that light on again. And maybe the reality for you is right now, that is, yeah, you just can't get that switch to turn on. You just can't do it. Mm. Maybe it's stuck. Maybe you've tried and tried, and it ends up only hardening your heart more as you fail. Ezekiel had a promise for us. I love it. Zeke 36, 26. I love the prophet Zeke. Promises this. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. This is the Lord speaking. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of 
flesh, a soft heart. Maybe all you can do is give up trying and let God's love give you that new heart. For Jesus himself to give you his own presence, God's living spirit taking your heart of stone and giving you that heart of flesh. Now let me say, this morning, when I was working with that lovely computer, the enemy was saying, it's time to get hard. Hard, hard. Let's go. Come on. And it, it wasn't me just turning on my light. And every moment I just had to say, Lord, you, you know my longing. You know what's blocking it. You know it's making sure that people can sing your songs of worship, that people are at home, are connected well with this service and what you're doing here but it could still turn hard, even with those positive motives. And I just had to say, Lord, you're going to have to do this, and you're going to have to soften my heart. A heart of flesh, a soft heart is vulnerable. You will experience pain. You will feel trauma, your own and others. It won't be easier, but it will be worth it. Let's pray together. Lord, please, please speak to us your word. I pray that in all that I said, it's your living word that will embed in our hearts. That I would not be in the way. Or we want to open our hearts that you might soften them, that, that we might say, speak, O Lord, that we could truly hear you today, tomorrow, Help us to have soft, receptive hearts to you in the midst of all that we're going through so that we could hear you, truly you, and not just what we want you to say. In your name we pray, amen. I ask you to remain standing for our closing benediction, our closing blessing. I invite you to open your hands to receive as a sign of your heart receptive to God. As you go from this service, may you know Jesus' love for you, a love that can soften every heart, even in this day and age. And may you be an agent of heart softening in this world. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Go in his love. And please feel free to come and join us for coffee or chat outside after. <laughs>